Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Neil Williams. Neil is a master certified life and productivity coach through the Life Coach School and creator of the Unbusy Your Life podcast. Neil helps two busy, high achieving online entrepreneurs to create more value in their hours in order to scale back their work weeks to 30 hours or less so they can do what they most want to do most of the time. Thanks so much for joining me today, Neil. Hi, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you here, and I can't wait to learn how to have my work week be 30 hours. <laughs> yes. Well, we all want to work exactly. a little bit and produce a lot of results. Exactly. That's exactly right. So I'm looking forward to learning right along with the listeners. So, uh, but I want to start with asking you about. Um, like, what is the secret to being the boss and your own accountability partner? That's something I struggle with. Yeah. So I think it is really developing a skill that I call keeping your promises to yourself. And I think this is a skill that is new to our society. And it's something that we don't think about actively doing. But when you get to the point where you no longer negotiate with yourself, whether you're going to do what you told yourself you're going to do. You just save so much time. You save so much energy and so much brain power. You're just like, no, I sold myself. I was going to do this and I'm going to do it. There's no negotiation. There's no outside accountability that's needed. You've created the internal accountability for yourself with yourself. You know, sometimes I can do that Mm -hmm. and, and it, and the results are great. Yeah. So, which always makes me wonder why I don't do that all the time. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Oh, okay. So let's talk about unproductive habits. I'm curious, like what the most common ones are that you see entrepreneurs making. Yeah, I think, um, so there's several of them. One, one of them that I see most commonly is entrepreneurs have really two hats that they wear inside of a business. They have the hat of being the employee in their business and doing things in their business. And then they have the entrepreneurial hat, which is very different. And that is more about doing 
the planning and the goal setting and the strategic things, the problem solving, the innovative, the creative part, which I believe that entrepreneurs get paid to think. And so what happens I see most often is we don't recognize that there's those two pieces and we don't schedule our time intentionally for the two roles. And what happens is we're oftentimes more comfortable in the doing role because we know what to do or we know how to do something. And so we spend a majority of our time being the employee and less time being the entrepreneur. And that's where the growth and the scaling of the business starts to suffer because it needs that. It needs your brain on it. And so even the idea of separating those two things out is really pivotal and seeing like, okay, how much time do I want to spend as an entrepreneur? I think many of us don't know what that even means sometimes. And so because we don't know, we're like, well, that's just a waste of time. I'm just going to go do what I know how to do, which is be the employee. So I would say that's number one, the biggest mistake that I see. So I, I want to sit on that for a minute because um, that was exactly what I was thinking was what you said a minute ago about we don't even know how much time you know we need for working on the business or what even you know that that looks like so we don't end up even trying to figure it out right yeah yes exactly and for a while it is a little bit of an experiment and it changes it's not like I could give um, you a metric and say okay, this is how much time the ratio of your time should be spent this way. It depends on your business model. It depends on where you are in your business in terms of like the level of business that you have. And it evolves as you become, as your business grows and grows and grows, you become more the CEO and entrepreneur that more of your time, a bigger proportion of your time will be spent there versus when you're very first starting out, like I work with coaches who are just starting their businesses, a bigger proportion of their time is going to be spent in the doing, in the coaching, um, in the delivery versus the business building. Although they still need to have time carved out for that, it's a lesser piece of their overall schedule. You know, uh, what would you say to someone who said, but where I'm happiest is in the doing. I, I don't want to run this business. I just want to do the thing yeah. that I enjoy doing. Totally. And I think that's absolutely fine. Then you're just going to invest in someone to do that for you. Yeah. And so it's always a matter of investing time or money in everything that we do as business owners. And and oftentimes there are people who they don't want to manage a team. They don't want to take on the CE role. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the idea is recognizing that there are the two pieces and being very clear with yourself about the pieces that you want to do and the pieces you're okay with hiring out or delegating or investing money to have done inside your business. Yeah. And that is so key that you have to realize that those things have to get done. You can't just... yeah you know, get so heads down in your thing that, and, and just, you know, totally ignore those things. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of us struggle with getting the business growing or getting it off the ground is because we we're really comfortable in the thing that we do, 
yeah. we're less comfortable in this other role. And so naturally as humans, this is just how we're designed. This is the way that our brains are literally designed is to drive us to do the thing that seems comfortable and easy. And it's not always the thing that is going to get us the results that we want. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. So is there a way um, for a small business owner to know when that, uh, you know, the, the too busy entrepreneurial mindset is actually preventing their success? Yeah, I think if, number one, if you haven't recognized that there are these two pieces and you're not intentionally scheduling time out for both, um, that is probably an indication. Um, and then number two is noticing, like, are you, like, we, we went back to that, um, the idea of, like, keeping your promises to yourself. Most often, like you said, Diane, there are things that I'm really good at, like, I just do them. I probably, you probably don't even question doing them. You just do yeah. them. But then there's other things that you're probably more comfortable with them. Maybe you've done them more. You feel like you've had some success or you feel confident in doing them. You're less likely to just not do them when you're in that space versus when you're in the entrepreneur and it feels a little bit new and it feels a little bit different. And it feels like I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here. You want to first get very clear on yourself for what are my entrepreneurial activities? And for most of us, it is creating offers, it is marketing, it's selling, it is really building and managing the money machine inside of the business. And so that could look very different. You know, there's a million ways to, to do a business, but you getting very clear with yourself about what are those activities, what are those projects that are either going to build this next component of the money-making machine or manage the money-making machine, maybe grow the machine and setting aside, a time, setting aside a time to do those things. So I think it's a matter of like, what is it that I'm doing as an entrepreneur? What does my business need me to be doing as an entrepreneur? And making sure that you are honoring that with your schedule, they're in your schedule intentionally. And then also obviously fulfilling on the things that you're doing in your business if you're not delegating them or hiring them out. That's great. Thank you. That, that, that very, you know, makes a ton of sense. Um, so I want to ask you about habit swaps. So what, what are some habit, first of all, what are habit swap, swaps? And, and then what are some that the listeners can make so they can get more done in less time? Yeah. So let's just talk about a couple of them. So one of the things, if we're like focusing on productivity, which I don't love that word, but probably everyone will, will understand that word when I say it. Um, I think there's a lot of negative connotation around that word, but if we're thinking about using our time in the most efficient way possible, some of the things that you would want to think about is instead of thinking about working on something, think about accomplishing it. So when we focus our attention on working on something, what we're really doing, we're telling our mind, like we have an indefinite amount of time to complete this thing. So we're just going to keep it in process for a really long time, <laughs> which is what happens why we see things not getting accomplished as quickly as they could be taking a lot of time to accomplish something. Um, things just feel like they're never getting crossed off our list because we're not focused on the completion, on the doneness, on the accomplishment of it. We're focused on the working on it part. 
So the swap, instead of thinking about working on something, the swap you'd want to make is, okay, what are the results that I want to create this week? What are the done things? I don't even talk about a to-do list really anymore because there's all so much negative connotation around a to-do list. <laughs> so I talk about a done list and I have my students literally write down, do a brain dump of all the things they want done this week. And so we're constantly focusing on doneness, on completeness, on accomplishment, instead of being in process. Because when you focus on that, you're going to have more done things instead of having a bunch of things that are in process. So that is really a pivotal difference is thinking about not working on something, but getting it done and scheduling and planning your time for it to be done. We want to make sure that every hour that we use has an accomplishment has a result of some sort associated with it. Huh. I really like that. I've never heard it before. And I really, that is a whole other, that, that's a, a, a mindset shift. Yes. <laughs> it is a, yes, for sure. Wow. Um, and I think, yeah, there was a study. I'm just going to give, I can't even remember. I think it was Harvard that did this study any event, it came out not too long ago. And because I'm a nerd and I look at all the studies on brain and productivity and all the time things, I read it and it was really incredible. So they had studied, I can't remember the numbers, but a certain number of um, people who are working a 40 hour work week. And they were looking at like, okay, what is the actual number of hours out of that 40 that they're actually like getting their work done, you know, like accomplishing something, producing something. And the shocking result was it was about 12 hours out of 40, which I say that to people and they like their minds want to like, just explode. Like, well, what in the world are we doing with the other hours? Right. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing with the other hours? Exactly. You start to ask (laughs) that question. You're like, oh my goodness. Well, if, I mean, can you imagine like if you, if you knew you could work a 12 hour work week and produce the same level as what you're doing in 40 hours, which one would you choose? Yeah. The 12. We would all choose the 12 hours, right? Yeah. I mean, none of us would be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to spend this time needlessly <laughs> doing nothing. Like none of us are making that conscious choice. We just don't realize that some of the habits that we have instilled in ourselves are producing more of that needless um, time that we don't need to be spending. And in fact, what's super interesting also is about a hundred years ago, there was an economist who predicted that by the time we got to this place in our, um, our history here in the US, we would be working a 15 hour work week. And I don't know about you, Diane, but I don't know many people who work a 15 hour work week. Yeah, me either. And, right. And, and the reason is, is And the reason he predicted that was because there was such rapid innovation in technology and efficiencies were happening. And instead of us like scaling back our work weeks and honoring that efficiency, we just decided to take on more, to do more things, to fill up our time with more things. And so that's why we still have these super overinflated work weeks is that we just constantly were really good at filling up time. And so that shift that I just was talking about, instead of thinking about time spent, thinking about results created, not working on something, but completing something is a really important mindset shift. Yeah, you are not kidding. I really like that a lot. 
Yeah, you will probably look at your time differently. <laughs> yeah, I think we've so. had this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI—it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the other thing, the other most, I'll give you one more that I think is really pivotal and foundational to thinking about how to use your time in the best way for you is another question you want to consider when you're thinking about, and I'm a proponent of scheduling your time because then you're making decisions about how you're using your time in advance. So you're not making them in the moment, which when you make them in advance, you make higher quality decisions. So what you do in your time is a higher quality than if you decide in the moment, typically. So the other thing you wanna think about is, uh, this is the thing that people tell me all the time. I I literally hear this comment every single day. It took me longer than I thought, or I don't know how much time it should take me to get done. It seems super (laughs) logical. Um, And the problem with that is, is we're thinking that the thing, the project, the task, has a time value associated with it, but it doesn't (laughs) because every person who would take on that time or that project or that task would accomplish it in a slightly different way and use a different amount of time. So instead of that question, how long should it take me? What I like to think about, because that kind of gives you, it's almost a disempowering question because it's almost like that decision is outside of me and I somehow have to find it. And I keep finding the wrong one. (laughs) It's basically what we're saying, right? Like I haven't found the right answer here yet. Um, Is changing that question to how much time do I want to give myself to get it done? which is a very different way of approaching it. It's like, okay, I have this podcast and I want to give myself one hour to get it done. Instead of asking how long should a podcast take? (laughs) It's like very different and so much easier to answer the question, how long do I want to give myself rather than how much time should it take? Because there's a million answers to that one and your brain is going to be searching for the right one. And so you're going to waste time trying to even make that decision. That's interesting. That's ghastly. There we go. I mean, that's a whole other way of looking at things. Right. And your listener, somebody is going to say, well, yeah, but something really should like take a certain amount of time. Right? Like I can't just decide. <laughs> this is the argument that I get uh, when I, when I, when I offer up this mindset shift. And what I want to say is you all probably every single person listening right now has already practiced this skill. You just haven't thought about it in this way. And here's how I know you've practiced it because you've probably most likely 
you've been given a timed test of some sort somewhere along the way in your lifetime. And so in the US, at least in the school system I grew up in, time tests were the thing. So you'd get an hour and you'd have to get the test done. So you knew that you had an hour and you just went to work figuring out how do I get all the answers on the test done, right? How do I, how do I complete this test in this one hour? You weren't wasting your brain power thinking about well, should this should should the teacher have actually given me 90 minutes or two hours to do this? I wonder if it should have been a different amount of time. No, you just like get to work doing the test to getting it done because the hour is the amount of time that you have. That's fascinating. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, you answered that question for me because that was a question that was going on in my head. So I'm sure it was going on in other people's. <laughs> Yeah, it's very common. It's like, well, but that can't be true, but it is true. And you've already experienced it. You just haven't thought about taking that skill that you already have and applying it to your time in this way. Right. Right. Yeah. And sometimes some... it even becomes, a, yeah, go, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish that. So I was just going to say, sometimes like it actually kind of becomes a game. This is how I reduced my 60, 70 hour corporate work week. When I was in the corporate world down to 30, it was like a game I was playing with myself. I was like, okay, I gave myself 30 minutes to do this, but I bet I could get it done in 15. Let me see if I can do this in 15 minutes. And then you just start to, you realize like you are, you create efficiencies and innovation that you didn't even realize you had inside of you. When you take time off the table, as like the the thing that you need to get something done. You, needing more time to get something done is like a never ending problem. There's no actual real solution to that. And so if you take that as an option off the table, no, this is the time that I have. How do I figure out how to get this done? You're gonna create more innovation and efficiency inside of your own time by doing it that way. It's like a false constraint. Yeah, that we exactly. Yeah, I mean, think about all the things that we blame time for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't lose weight. I can't make money. I can't have like, I can't live where I want or I can't like, literally time is is an obstacle that is just an easy one for us to use. And if we just yeah. take it away as, as an obstacle, it's not, then what are we left with? Then we're left with figuring out, okay, how do I use what I have in front of me right now and get what I want with what I have? Right. Okay, well, I would love it if you would talk about procrastination because I hear what you're saying about all of this. This has been fascinating to me. And a lot of people still fall into this procrastinating about doing something. And is, is everything we've talked about how we avoid procrastination or is there something else at play there? Yeah, I think um, a couple things. So procrastination is really the result of, it's really a feeling problem, which sounds weird. But the reason that we procrastinate is typically because we're trying to avoid some feeling that we have about the thing that we said we were going to do and we don't want to do it. Maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's overwhelm, maybe it's stress, maybe it's fear, maybe it's self-doubt. But then we just punt that thing and we get immediate relief when we punt it. The only problem is tomorrow or next week, we're faced with it again. 
And so then we have to make that decision again. And oftentimes what we do is we just vote for relief or the better feeling rather than just letting ourselves feel the anxiety or the fear or the doubt and doing the thing anyways. So that's typically the reason why we even have a habit of procrastination. It works really well because it feels better. We feel better in procrastinating. That's why we do it. We're super smart as humans. So we're typically doing things that work for us in some way or another. And so number one, just knowing like that is the reason why. And then number two, I like to create, have my clients create what I call a procrastination list because If you do a weekly to-do list, let's say, I would be willing to guess a big proportion of those things on that list for many people who are struggling with time, time management, any of that productivity, a lot of those are the result of past procrastinations. So what I like to look at is separating those out and really creating like a procrastination list. Like, okay, these are the things that are on my list today because I procrastinated on them yesterday or last week or last month or however long ago and making that list separate from like what is new and present right now. And because what will happen is you, your list will feel so big and overwhelming, but if you really take a peek at it and you separate it out in this way, you're like, okay, actually here's the new things that I have going on. These are like new to do's, new projects, whatever. And this other list is just the culmination of things that I've kept procrastinating on. So once we have those separated, it's very clear. Your to-do list will seem very, a lot more simple, (laughs) a lot more streamlined actually. And then it's just a matter of how do you want to tackle the procrastination list? And what I suggest is that you take one thing on that procrastination list and you schedule it out in a week, one thing a week. Because if you've been procrastinating on it, you see it on your schedule again, it's going to be really challenging for you. So that might be like the one thing you do on a day is like, I'm just doing this thing that I know I'm not going to want to do. I've procrastinated on it like 14 times and I'm for sure not going to want to do it when I get to that day, but I'm going to do it anyways. And then what I get to do is I get to move it to my done list. I get to cross it off that procrastination list, move it to the done list. And you just start systematically, strategically knocking off those procrastinating things until the list is down to zero. And then also what I like to do is clean up the procrastination list because a lot of things that we've been procrastinating on, we've been procrastinating on them for so long. You have to stop and ask yourself, does it even make sense anymore (laughs) for me to have this on the list? That was going to be one of my questions. (laughs) Yep. Maybe delete it. Maybe delegate it, maybe defer it. Think about like, can I remove this from my list in some way? And then whatever's less left, I'm going to handle. And I like my reason why for handling it, for for doing it, but I'm not going to make myself do something that's super hard and challenging. Like I'm not going to put five things from my procrastination list into one day. That would be really probably very exhausting. So I'm going to just do it one at a time, very strategically. Yeah, I, I, this is so great because one of the things I was thinking is if you procrastinate about something too many times or for too much time, you know, do you have to ask yourself the question, okay, is this even something that I want to do? Is it something I should do? Should I just, you know, stick it in the circular file and, and move on? And there's <laughs> things that I have let go of yeah, and it's been tremendously relieving. I haven't regretted not doing whatever that thing was. Yeah. 
And a great question I like to ask my, because some people will have some fear and anxiety about letting things go on the list. And so a question that I like to ask to kind of help go beyond that is, is next week me going to care about this? Is next month me going to care about this? Is next Mm -hmm. quarter me going to care about whether I did this or not? Like, what is the real impact of me doing this? And if it's something that I've been procrastinating on, I'm asking a lot of myself to do it. Do I like my reason why? And I do, I like the effect that I'm going to get for making myself do this thing. I don't really want to do enough to put myself in that position. Yeah. You know, what's so great about that is that it takes it down to owning that it's something you don't want to do. Totally. The reason doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just right. something you don't want to do. Yeah. I don't want to. It feels overwhelming. It feels big. I feel confused. I feel doubt. I'm, I'm scared, whatever it is. There's a feeling associated with it that you don't want to have that feeling. So you, you are um, avoiding that thing. And right. so it's a matter of really being clear with yourself. What are the things that I'm willing to make myself go through that emotional experience to get done? And you want to really like your reason why, or the result that that thing is going to create enough to make yourself do it. Right. More, more than the, the strength of not wanting to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any like fun productivity brain hacks? that the listeners could use? Yeah, I think, I mean, I've kind of given a couple of them already, but one is like the done list. When you like look at something and you're like, okay, these are the things I'm going to have done. You feel accomplished (laughs) instead of feeling like what most people, when they do a to-do list, they're like, ah, like it feels heavy and like, it's so much. And your, your mind is going to want to tell you that you don't have time for all of it and you can't possibly get it all done. And so when you look, when you do a done list and you really refocus your brain, you're like, okay, what are the things I want done this week that changes your perspective? And it will probably like your list would look different if you came at it from that perspective versus asking your brain, what are all the things I have to do? So you're going to get very different lists from those two questions. So that's a hack I love to do. And then the other thing that I love is I am a big proponent of taking the things on your done list and putting them into scheduling, like literally scheduling them out. So the thing that you use as the scheduler doesn't even matter. It could be, a I use a Google calendar. I don't use anything fancy. Um, You could use a paper planner. You could use any number of different things that that thing is just there to remind you of what you told yourself you were going to do with your time, but taking each. The things from the other people think, but once I take my done list and I put it into my calendar, I just know, I just know the things are done. And the reason why I know that is because I'm really good at following through on what I told myself I was going to do, which kind of brings us full circle back to one of the first things that we talked about is building that skill of following through. Yeah, right. That's so great. I mean, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I'm a firm believer that you have to calendarize your to-do list so it becomes a commitment, a thing. Huh? And, and, and I usually tell people, 
you know, break it down into really small pieces because then it's yeah. easier to get done, right? You sort of whittle your way toward completion. Um, and I like that though, that then you don't, you sort of release all that brain power around trying to remember all the things you need to do because you know they're on your calendar. That's interesting. Totally. Hmm. Because the brain um, is made to process like the mind is designed to process information. It's not made to store it. So this is why I love just doing like a dump of all the things that are in your mind, get them out. So then you free your mind up to work the way that it's supposed to, which is to process, to think about getting those things done and creating efficiencies and innovations around them instead of storing them. Got it. Wow. You know, I got to tell you, Neil, I, I love this. And like I said at the beginning, I was looking forward to learning things and I have. Uh, so I, I know the <laughs> listeners have. Okay. Um, thank, you know, it's so great. I really thank you for spending this time with me and sharing this information. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a really fun conversation and hopefully it will be helpful to your listeners. I am confident that it will. And speaking of the listeners, will you let them know how they can find you and whatever you've got going on you think they should know about, please? Yes. Uh, so I am, they can listen to my podcast. It's called Unbusy Your Life. And I currently am doing a mastermind for any listener who is a coach or a course co a creator, consultant, um, where I teach you how to make 10K in 10 hours. So the whole idea behind this is setting up the money machine in your business to make money in a very effective, efficient way and only working 10 hours per week. So this is a really good program for anybody who's maybe thinking about doing a business on the side or wanting to take one of their offers inside of their current business and just make it really simple and easy to scale where it's a, you can do it all within a 10 hour work week. And wow, they can sweet. find, yeah, they, I created this for all the people who are telling me I can't do business because I don't have enough time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, that's not true. <laughs> Let me show you. <laughs> um, so they can find more information about that on my website, which is uh, www.neilwilliams.com. Fabulous. I'll make sure that that all is, is in the show notes. That is wonderful. Well, th once again, thank you so much for spending this time with us and sharing all this information. It's incredibly valuable. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band, turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. 
Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.